Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. Well, I mean, speaking of that, can you watch yourself on uh, video? You have to now, and you have to. Now, you have to. Don't like it. It's, it's been the yeah. worst, and now I have it's to. It's the worst thing. Yeah, agreed. I never would use a mirror in practice and really? performance. Yeah, I just hated it. I, I don't want anybody around. Yeah, I want to be by myself, and I definitely don't want to look in the mirror. It has just been over the past couple years though that I'm like, okay, Jen, you got to look in the mirror. You got to see you. what you're doing. I can videotape myself and watch that better than I can watching myself in the mirror. That's I think a big I deal. Have that same thing. It's a big I'm, deal. I, I'm very desensitized to watching video of myself because when I was practicing for routines, like so many hours of watching me do the same routine over and over again to pick it apart. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the mirror, there's a, an immediacy and a vulnerability to it that you can't you can't disconnect yourself and say that's not me because I can watch the video and look at it as a separate person when it's a mirror that's my least favorite thing to do if you've ever taken the Salome Cabaret burlesque classes I was just thinking Rhoda Derriere her class where where they make you look in the mirror at yourself yeah and no no I just I'm sure there's something psychological underlying that I'm missing with that but I just do not like looking at myself yeah so we took that together right yes that would have been the one we took together yeah I look in mirrors at myself and other people all the time I use them strategically throughout my life too like, My kids could never like, figure out how how I knew. <laughs> what do you mean when you say that? It, you use them strategically through your life. Well, sometimes for that, if you call that what I mean, they have adorned the outside of my home, all oh. the entrances and different things. However, uh, just working with hair in, in a oh, mirror, yeah, yeah, working yeah. in a mirror yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, I went too far. But, <laughs> yeah, you went way around the world. We can go there. That's a whole nother show. But... um. No, I would have them throughout my house. Mm-hmm. And even though feng shui, they want it to reflect a certain thing. And yeah. I'm using it like in Legends when they're going to kill the devil. Oh, you to know, see what Tim your kids Curry. are doing? Also Tim Curry. Correct. Yes. I love Tim Curry. <laughs> now, I did gain a huge crush on Tim Curry. when I didn't have to sit through Rocky like a million times, but I did end up watching like anything that tim curry was in and always a fan whatever he's in i'm probably gonna watch it no matter how terrible i've grown to really admire and love him i didn't know when i was younger yeah i love legends though and that's another one and i wanted to make her costume sarah whatever her name is oh with the The actual actress that's another thing that i'll talk about almost like the androgyny because she was very flat chested Mm -hmm. and i thought she was gorgeous and i was really excited because you can't tell but whenever that movie came out i had no boobs Yes. And it really made me excited to see a woman that looked like me. That's awesome. Um, Mia Sarah, right? Yes. Yeah. Mia see, Sarah. I got Thank the wrong you. grace, but I got that one right. Thank you. That was good. I <laughs> but, forgot her first name. But that dress was always goals for me. Like, yes. I was very certain that when I grew up, I would own that dress. I have one similar that I had to a Christmas party, but my developing so early and the way that I did, because I really did have an amazing figure when I was younger, but it was too amazing at too young of an age. And so that's when I started wearing... That's when you got sexualized. But that's when I got sexualized, yeah. I mean, I... um, It's traumatizing. I I think it's fucking traumatizing. I became, quote, a woman at nine. Like, people have heard that. And that's when my body had already started developing. Especially when you got tits and ass. And so, yes. That is life-shattering This is what I heard all the time. You get on a school bus in sixth grade with other boys. Mm Mm-hmm. I was either a whore or a virgin. Like a virgin was supposed to be a bad thing or a whore was supposed to be a bad thing. There was no winning. Yeah. Yes. Older women would say something. Men constantly said something. I wouldn't wear t-shirts. I still don't wear t-shirts to this day. Like that's not a regular everyday thing that I would wear Mm -hmm. because it would show off too much of my figure and my body. And then when I owned all that as... Like in my 20s. So I had like 10 years where I got tired of everybody 
constantly whatever but it is traumatizing when you're 10 11 mm-hmm. 12 13 my life changed completely when they caught ted bundy in pensacola florida my mom her switch so it was completely like a thing flipped yes she oh. did not she was like you know as i got older my hair was like the color it is now when i was younger mm-hmm. and growing up and then as my hormones started changing my hair started deepening to a darker auburn and Mm -hmm. she was like i would walk i mean we would leave the house we didn't have cell phones we didn't have anything and we didn't come back until whatever and sometimes it would be time and not whether it was light or dark and he was caught like i don't know mile and a half on Mm -hmm. from where i lived he was oh my god down in navy point in pensacola and so and my mom was obsessed with serial killers and all that kind of stuff and then i would read books (laughs) do you think okay 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 okay. (laughs) you mean as street smart as you are do you think if you encountered ted bundy you would be susceptible to his charms or would you be like Back then, probably not. But I mean, I don't know. I was fourteen, though. I when that's what I'm saying. Caught. Like fourteen, you know, that's you. You still know that things are, you know, that he's he's probably a creep. But then again, you're fourteen. You're like, oh, well, yeah, well he like, can't be that bad. If he were well, and Ted Bundy was a genius because he right. did things yes, like putting that's what I'm on saying. Do you think that cast and to be how you think vulnerable you, would, you he could have been caught by him yeah it was very possible oh, could have been because he wore cast he acted like he was hurt and disabled yeah so probably that's why he caught everybody if if he had been like the old dude in the pickup truck offering me like a six pack of beer and twenty dollars <laughs> Like I'm like 11 and I'm over here like Jodie Foster and the Bad News Bears and I'm Johnny's like face I'm like dude for twenty dollars you couldn't even unzip your pants you know and then I run woo, and I you know I had a friend's house and I I'm like Johnny help me which Johnny brought me I don't know if he's alive whatever if he oh hears this God. you're on the air thank you for being my hero but he stepped outside and what's wild is we were old looking people think people were so old nowadays or whatever i mean johnny had a full-on mustache and he was like in high school (laughs) and he comes outside and the dude just like speeds off but he was like following me as i'm running down the street in the truck but he doesn't know am i i was doing my makeup i you know that was contraband that i was hiding under the bed other people like i was Steal cigarettes, smoking unfiltered cigarettes. I was wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I looked wild. I probably looked. I was going into discotheques. They need to bring back 13 to 15. Yeah, I know I, totally I got into, that. I know I got into 2001 Odyssey in Pensacola, Florida at 15 discotheque. years old. 15. I was such a goody two shoes. I didn't even try like alcohol or anything until I was nineteen, twenty. I didn't so. drink. I was hiding boys in my basement at fourteen. So you see, my I'm sister just... was like the wild one. So I feel like I was like trying to be the studious good daughter. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I wasn't a tattletale. I was not a rat. Yeah, I was yeah. the oldest. So my younger sister became a cop. She's one hundred percent rat. <laughs> Damn, that blows though. Oh. All right, tell me about Does. these and tattoos. She's judgy. I have some. And issues. your love for tattoos and. Um, talk about that later. Are you? Yeah, we have a whole other thing. Is that that kind of ape? Oh, and I say this you. because I've always been an overweight sure. gal and stuff. Do you cut? Do you? Is your body covered in tattoos because you feel ashamed of your body? So there's a couple of layers to it. So my first tattoo I got to piss off my mom, who, despite me talking about the fact that I love her and she was a very supportive, like. The one thing she didn't want me to do was get a tattoo because she got a, um, a scratcher tattoo whenever she was in her 20s. She drank a bunch of tequila and woke up the next morning with a tattoo on her ass. Oh, wow. That said much with an explanation point, which I have on my wrist now. <laughs> I didn't get my first tattoo till I was 38. Yeah. So I got my, that one I was 19 and it was just a little one on my hip and I was going to be done and it was just enough for a rebellion. And I kept 
I added like three or four more and then I stopped. You know, we can hear you when you whisper. I'm sorry, y'all. You're fine. <laughs> so um, I, I added, um, I, I got to about five and then I stopped. And then whenever I moved down here, I had one that I wanted to cover up that was just a poor decision tattoo. It wasn't anything tacky or anything. It was just not what I wanted. And I met an artist named, uh, I, I could name them. So mm-hmm. they're, they're gender fluid, uh, Kitty Conniption. And Kitty made it a completely different experience for me, and I realized what an art form it could be. And yeah, I always love the. What art do you mean the experience? Tattoos. Talk to me more about made it a different experience for you. You so it was elaborate very personal. So yeah. I was used to flash, where you'd walk into a shop and you'd pick something off the wall and you'd, yeah. they'd slam it on your body. Yeah. Kitty drew everything up from scratch and got to know me, and they spent a lot of time making sure to understand me as a person, so that when they designed my tattoo, that it was perfect and then the conversation and the bonding it wasn't just like my first tattoo i was smoking a cigarette in a tattoo shop mm-hmm. sitting backwards on a bar stool watching maury povich <laughs> which is the quintessential tattoo experience this was <laughs> us talking to each other and listening to music and learning about each other's lives and sharing an emotional connection and that goes into the tattoo so that. whenever you get tattooed in the right environment you it's more than just the image it's the connection and it the becomes bonding. almost sacred doesn't it it's a mm-hmm. very it feels very sacred um, I fell in love with the process and I just was like, I wanted more of it. Like I wanted to continue on with it. And I actually didn't get tattoos on my legs at first because I hated them and I did not want to dishonor someone's art with something that was bad. Oh my God. So like my thighs, I did not put tattoos on at first. And whenever I put my first one on, I apologized to the artist. I'm like, we can put it somewhere else if, you know, if it's too lumpy and bumpy or if it's like, I was very upset about it. And he's like, your legs are fine. And as I got art on them, they did help me appreciate them more. But it's funny that like you get a lot of people that wanted to cover them. Mm. It was the opposite for me. Wow. Like I didn't start putting them on parts of my bodies that I disliked until I started liking myself more. Hot Mm. damn. God, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I do love that you love yourself a lot more. It was a long journey. And I mean, I don't, it's not that I don't still have bad days. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. But um, I've learned to appreciate the body that I'm in. Like, sometimes I'm mad at it because, like, it's it's old and it's a little bit creaky sometimes. And it doesn't always do exactly what I want. Like, I want to be up on the top of the pole upside down. But, you know, it's going to take me a little longer to get there because I'm older and I'm heavier. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. And that's one of the things I liked is because that's my journey. Mm-hmm. And it's not everybody else's. You'll get there. I don't get even if I don't though it's still fine correct and that's that's something that I needed in my life is because I have always strived to be perfect I have to be perfect for everyone perfect for myself and finding something that I wasn't particularly good at and had to like be able to be at peace with the journey and taking my time to get somewhere was really good for me being so goal-oriented all the time is just like so draining you know yeah and there was something beautiful about going there and not succeeding and everybody still loved me solid yeah I love and that. still validated that's me. what life is supposed to be like i have not wealth privilege but i really have been raised very privileged by a lot of interesting people and i've also been very fortunate to absorb something from everyone so that's kind of cool i've been able to live a lot of fun and interesting experiences of my own but I've also been allowed to live Live vicariously through other people for (laughs) 35 years of my life I mean you know what I loved about that's what I loved about the profession I could be funny I could be close to it could be a bonding experience it could be an in and out just you know whatever but like I can't even begin to tell you how many thousands of people that I put my hands on that I've <laughs> washed their hair that I've had yeah. an intimate oh with experience the exchange of hairdressing with, oh yeah, yeah. thirty five yeah. years knowing different people mm-hmm. I, you can play the Kevin Bacon game I thought with you meant me from like traveling with you met a lot of people everyone you know oh, I see. which is wild hair is sacred to a lot of people it's such an incredible like and i i've actually gotten to the point that after a while with the tattoos it let me let go with my hair too and i'm like whatever you want to do when i go in i just give them carte blanche and whatever i leave with is what i leave with because it's the same experience now to me with hair that there's this beautiful sacred moment if you just go in and say i've seen what you do and i trust you and that's wonderful especially if you do a consult oh, 100%. and you find out what they're about i oh, cannot 100%. express how 
joyful and happy that I found you, that our paths crossed. Because I would not let anybody else do my hair. It has taken me forever to find somebody who's like, I can trust. Because I think it's a whole trust thing, Mm -hmm. too. It's finally when you... It's a two-way trust, too. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody go, okay, this is going to look good. This is not going to look good on you. So when COVID I love is you done, and I'm so grateful I that like I have you. I would like to do an hour show where I give someone a transformation while I'm a doing makeover. Jokes. I love Just that. A hair would makeover. you give me a makeover? Well, it has to only be a cut though. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the only problem. I would do a makeover. Yeah, no, I'm talking about on could you, stage. Can you do anything more with my hair? But I can do all kinds of things with, with your this length. <laughs> and then I, I'm sending a lot of baby gays everyone's way. Yeah. Like, I am. I really am. Like You're shooting them out. But I was raised by a bunch of gays. Mm-hmm. My very first job that I was recruited for mm-hmm. was a black salon called Me and Moms um, because I was a jerry curl queen. Really, it was Bonner Brothers queen. But through my beauty school, I did primarily black hair through the whole school solid damn and was word. recruited to work in a black salon but then was told no i couldn't work in that salon because the clientele wouldn't come to me because i was my color you still probably were able to take that knowledge elsewhere though i did it's, it has nothing to do i'm to i never said mm-hmm. like oh they were being racist it yeah. was they were not going to trust i would have to prove myself yeah, it's a business that person yeah. would yeah. be doing a disservice to me to have me come sit in a chair and not be able to work because clients aren't going to come and the fact of the matter was white people were not going to go there right to get their hair done yeah. you know so that's why i say that's there's a lot with my history. You're I probably should shop? do a 23 in me, and then I would probably be. But you've probably been able to help African your clients American. in the future from that experience, right? Yes. Oh, like it's I can do deal. textured hair, and because my hair is textured, like any person of any ethnicity can come to my house right now and spend the night and forget their shampoos and conditioners oh, yeah. and styling products, <laughs> and they would be able to take a shower and do their hair and. Have all of the amenities that they would need without worrying, is my hair going to look like a dry, frizzy mess? Is it going to look like a greasy, horrible mess? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be bad? Because I feel like sometimes, like with salon culture, I don't know, like especially with like being able to, I don't know, salon culture can be... It um, changes. Yeah, yeah. It, it moves I mean, and changes and like meets... three and a half decades of it. Yeah. So... Damn, which is weird but wonderful because I got to meet a lot of different people and I lived in different places and being in a like up here mm-hmm. doing it was in Pigeon Forge in a vacation town it's so a lot of transient yeah. people a lot of different people from all cultures I mean I've had the wonderful whites of West Virginia in my shop which not one? my shop but oh, in the gosh. shop that I worked at at Blades Hair oh. Salon in Pigeon Forge <laughs> I used to do which Randy, one came in Huh? It was not Jessco. It was one of the, I don't oh, even remember. Was it a guy, though? Oh it wasn't. No, it was the sisters, the girls, uh, and somebody that was either seeing Jessco or, mm-hmm. but uh, but he's older. I yeah, much I just older. learned about that documentary like last the year. The slimy eggs. Slimy, <laughs> slimy. Oh, my God. But they're all related. All like, they took And so, but they were down here on vacation and they love me. You know, I've entertained, uh, it's not politically correct, but they call themselves, but I mean, there's gypsies that would come through and see me all the time. They thought I was totally cool. And I would just be like, and I would tell them straight up, like stereotypically, do not take anything. This is a great story. Gal. And they would look at this me and they would say, and I would be like, I'm serious. I will give you a good price. Do not take anything. And they would say. And look at them, and they were like, oh, you know, they know which energy. It's, and they would not take anything. We were good and cool to each other, but other places always complained about them, always. The moral of that story is that there was a rapport there, right? Sometimes you just have to be like, listen, stereotypes are the way they are for a reason. Oh, God. You know that person. That's another conversation. I don't know. That makes sense. Does the truth make you uncomfortable? The only truth I can speak to is like my own for the most part. And I certainly do feel like a cliche and a stereotype. So I I definitely am a cliche and a stereotype. So, you know, we all are. 
So that's the great thing. That's going to be the thread that heals us. Yeah. When it gets I mean, the pendulum swings both ways. I don't want to kill people. I'm not saying we should kill every person that does this kind of thing or that any people do. I'm talking about the particular group of people that call themselves gypsies that came to see me every year that everyone else in town would complain of and i never had a problem because i looked straight at them and said do not steal anything from me so were they like romanian or were they like just like a band of like hippies like white hippies no they were romanian midwest they were romanian oh well yeah like the stereotype if they, they self identify then what they do you do could have been mad at me but they're the ones that like if you look at the there's a documentary or a tv show on yeah, tlc you, have you watched that? about the where they show. do the, with, the wedding and yes. their culture it's a whole culture and so for <laughs> to be like oh no it's not this way they're like I mean, they've given me, I used to have to wear an Italian horn all the time, which I laugh because back, you know, in the 80s, they thought it was all, uh, but I've had Romanian women give it to me for protection. That's cool. So it's just weird, you know, it's just wild culture. There's culture. I think they call And then there's. I think they're called. Stereotypes. And then there's things that are real. They just say the they just say the Romney 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 is that Romani I just heard that there was one. Were you the one that told me about that? I don't know, but they we just avoid the G word unless you are in that culture. They say so now. Is that a thing? Like I'm old and I'm not in college and I don't have children. You know what I mean? So I don't understand all the new things because I'm not keeping up with it. Just like a general rule of thumb, like words for oppressed like groups of people, they like generally how that goes is like if you aren't a part of that group you don't say it but then at the same time sometimes that word is reclaimed by that group and then it correct like becomes a thing but it's all it all depends on how those words float around like, oppressed because what's people. wild and i think that young people don't realize this but, but in um, 1978 we got together and there, we had a meeting and when i say we i'm talking white people i remember mm-hmm. i was 14 and i remember about this collectively they decided not to say the n-word anymore and, and a group full of white people in a big room you just kind of like, had like a, pretty we much, just kind of like it just hit us all of a sudden like, pretty much they oh. made like literally you can google that that's that, 1978 I, is when white culture collectively was like we're dropping the n-word we all said cool then in the 90s when rap yeah. music came in yeah this is why you have so many younger people adamant about saying it and you don't have as many old people yeah caring to say it this is why it was shocking to people when comedians like louis ck or whatever said it you know like um anyway but we had a we had a meeting about that. Like, don't say this word. It's not appropriate. And there's a whole bunch of other horrible slurs that you. people would call. We don't say. We don't bring up and say them. You know, like learning and moving on. That's that's a moment of turning. That's, Correct. That's good. It kind of made me think this. like the alternative side where it's like that moment where the whole group think and the group just moves one way or the other. And I'm just like, people can just like kill people that way too. You know yes, what I'm saying? Exactly. Like yes. that freaks me out. Correct. Honestly. But we were like, Hey, well, a room there full were, of white people, which there way were is discussions this go, you know? from this because it was like, you know, 10 years after yeah. uh, integration now, and they yeah. were like, Hey, we don't like this word. And we we're like, yeah, that's totally valid. Why would you do that? But you know what meeting I would have not been at? Yeah. I haven't been at the meeting where collectively all the women have agreed that it's cool for dudes to call us bitches. Where it's cool for them to call us bitches? Yeah, like since when do we okay that? Was that a meeting that we have? Did I miss I a meeting? it's still okay. I don't think that... Have we... Well, I just know because there's just a lot of entitled people talking, hey, there's bitches, about talking it. about... I have a Women, of my bitches. Wait, before we move on, the correct word is Roma. Roma, thank yeah. you. Thank you. Now that I but know that, I will take a note because I didn't go on to start saying the G word. You'll get people that'll be like, "Well, I'm an Irish, Irish, Irish right? yeah." yeah. And, but yeah. Just still, just like, no. 
if you're in those places, like if you're in, it says if you're in, you know, Romania, Hungary, the Czech Republic, so they may still do? say that, but yes. for us, oh, and Roma. Czechs too, a lot of Czechs. But yes. I love a lot of Europe. I have a lot of I don't European know anything about people, a lot of Russian European people, European history. And I grew up. Oh wow, you, yeah, wow. Well, and I think that society changes at <laughs> such a quick pace right now. It's sometimes mm-hmm. hard to keep up, and it's not about always being perfect. It's always it's about being open to learn. Learn and how many different cultures, or yeah, that's why that redhead joke was funny about <laughs> my Easter European. Oh, I love Russian because culture. even now, mm-hmm. like in November in England, and they have kick a ginger day. Good. They still hate redheads. Really? You should Google uh guy telling a you know, girl talking about not dating a ginger dude. A ginger dude? A guy. Like, oh gross. Is and it kind of like still... how people hate people with like left handedness? So, that's weird. My sister's <laughs> left handed. Yeah. So like, I'm pretty yeah, sure it is. I'm people. pretty sure the same percentage I might be totally fucking wrong. No, I, this is this, this is this wild. is a charming aspect of my personality is that I am okay with being wrong. So Me too. I'm wrong all the like, time. Like I think that is we a rare. That I personally think that's a rare quality in people. Everybody wants to be fucking right, but like I'm okay to be wrong, and How I get it wrong we a lot. Grow and learn. I'm, if I'm, gonna, I'm about to fucking Google it, but I'm pretty sure the same percentage of people are redhead, are the same percentage of people that are left-handed, are the I same think, percentage of people that are intersex. I think it's 10% so. They say it's like left-handed. Ten. Because I had a friend out. in high school. My best friend in high school was a lesbian. I thought it was and less left-handed. than that. So she was like, I mean, this was the my daughter is lesbian and left-handed. So she was like, I'm ten percent and ten percent. She said, I'm okay. Very rare. One to two percent of the population is redheads. Mm. Yeah, I thought it was more like three, but I thought it was like at four. And also, I think statistics are generally 10% made up. Ten percent are anyway. left-handed, <gasps> so higher. I was right High. on one. You see, like I'll celebrate mm. the right whenever. We're and then how many intersex? <laughs> So I don't know as far as intersex. One point seven percent of the population. So the same amount of red, about congruent to the redheads. Which nice. is kind of which redhead is something you would be able to like immediately see, you know. Which Makes I think sense. is funny too, because like you talk about kick a ginger day and everything like that, but how many people dye their hair red and how many people are getting freckles tattooed on them? That's exactly. the other yeah. thing that I'm having issue with. Umbridge, I ha- used to be tortured over my freckles, and now people are. Are you, you kidding me? Like- You're putting fake freckles on? There's a whole filter, a whole fake freckles. I really don't, but. Actually, it's quite the opposite. More people sit in a chair of a hairdresser and tell them how they can be any color in the world except red. Really? How much they hate red. They say it in my chair to, to me my face. while I'm sitting there. <laughs> oh. And they say, I can be any color except red. And I'm like, well, you know, red is a big spectrum there's a lot of colors on the red and even in some browns have warmth and red no red. red and purple do they, no do red. They, do they, they go through this whole entire spiel and then be like but it looks good on you no oh after, after <laughs> wait they'll say things as far as i hate redheads i just hate redheads and then God. they look up in the mirror and, and like, they go oh. well you're all right and they just assume also mine isn't natural like you it looks good on you and i'm like well that's good because you know this is the color tattoos they'll be like oh look you got so many tattoos like i just they would look trashy on me i just would never be able to uh, like people would come into my tattoo shop which is what they think of tattoos and they do hate redheads yeah but it's totally fine to sit there and say that well i guess if you're a tattooed redhead i can change my hair but it's still like fat people where it's being redhead is one of the few things that everybody thinks is totally cool to make fun of or whatever. I do too, though. Like, you You're know, I have though. some comedy things that I'm doing and, you know, it's my Illuminati initiation. But Red you'll just have to come see me to if you want to because your skin coloring, you look very good as red, very believable. You also would look great as blonde. You, is it a demon thing? You can look good in every any color is it a you demon want. Thing? Oh, no, I was red. Any forever. spectrum, forever. it's the tone forever. and the um, color, the underlying undertone of and the I color. And I would still be a redhead next to your skin. If it wasn't for, I would have to dye it continuously all the time. And I'm very happy with my hair right now. Yeah, I am did your with the hair gray. color and everything for your really wedding good. hair. Thank you. Her wedding hair too. It's awesome. This is the healthiest my hair has ever some been. Extensions to awesome. that. 
We match. I wouldn't be able color. to have the pressure of doing a wedding here. All right, Susie, ghost hunting. I didn't start. My kids Ooh. watch that ghost mm-hmm. adventures oh. show, and again, yeah, I, well, I wanted to talk yeah. to you about actually, um, Susie, about. Um, you mentioned that some somebody said that your tra- that your tattoos look trashy. Like yeah. was that like a public? It was like the rando shop. person who or came in to get a tattoo <laughs> said it to me. That's weird. And multiple times and multiple people. It's usually um, women coming in to get their first tattoos in their thirties and forties that yeah. do it. Damn. And they're they're breaking some taboos, so they're already kind of nervous about it. So mm-hmm. I don't get mad at them, mm-hmm. but they do like they they would be like, well, I just want something small, something very feminine. She's like, because I don't want anything big and flashy and trashy mm-hmm. or lots of color. And they're like Damn. they'll go on, and then they'll be like, but yours look really good on you. I just couldn't function like that. I just wouldn't look right on me. Yeah, and I'm like. You're allowed to have your own taste. It's okay. Yeah, I, I would rather you not call me trashy. I want to ask you. My grandfather told me the same thing about the trashiness. If yeah. you consider yourself a masochist at some point, turn that off if you guess the word I think maybe a little bit. I think maybe a little bit, and it took me a while to kind of come to that conclusion. Now there are days that I I, I am not here for the tattoo pain. Mm-hmm. Like I've had days that I was. Um, I don't necessarily get pleasure from it. Mm-hmm. I get more pleasure from the endorphins and being able to survive through it. Mm-hmm. This is TMI, and I might cut it out. That's but fine. I can come from pain. Really? Yes. Was that like always or like a turning point? Always. Really? Always. And we would get clients that would. And yeah. if it's involved, mm-hmm. it's faster. Like, Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I would love to know the science yeah. behind that. Yeah. Because I know I'm not the only one, but I feel like I'm the only I would, one. I would think that it would be something to do with the endorphin rush. Because like whenever you're getting pain like that, your body is trying to make you run away. And yeah. it doesn't understand why you're staying. Yeah. So you definitely get almost like a runner's high. Whenever, especially if you're getting marathon tattoos, like I have pieces that are eight, nine, ten hours long. Ooh. And with those, like your body goes through so many different phases. Um but there's something that's kind of addicting about it. Now, there's parts of my body like, fuck you, no. I don't like my feet being tattooed at all. Mm-hmm. I don't get anything out of that. Like, it just sucks. Mm-hmm. It just sucks. It just sucks. There are other places that just suck. Yeah. I um, mean, like, your hands are tattooed. Those probably sucked. Um, not as bad as you'd think. Uh, the knuckles were a couple levels of hell. Yeah. This little ditch right between your thumb yeah. and your pointer finger. Yes. This side of your hand is pretty terrible. Fingers I've heard are awful. I haven't gone on my fingers yet. This was this was harsh, and it was not very long either. I bet it was like a 15-minute tattoo, but it was just like, Ugh. Well, one of the things is your body doesn't have enough time to really get kicked in, and those endorphins don't get a chance to go with something that small. So mm. that makes it worse. Oh, and then this one, the closer you got to the... To my hand, yeah. yeah, to my wrist, mm, yeah. Like that this, hurt. this was pretty pinchy too. But that's one of the things is he started here and got down to here. So by the time I was here, I had hopefully enough endorphins to cover it. What? Yeah. Okay, I haven't gotten a big tattoo yet. I've so, only gotten little and tattoos. You'll hit walls. Like it's not going to be like, oh, I hit this peak and it's here. There'll be moments where it dips down. But it's a lot about like learning your body and learning controlled breathing and yeah. just moving. I've away been able from to it. stay still, but it's all been kind of like a very concentrated effort of like breathing. I sit and really. I listen to movies. I play video games on my phone. Yeah. Uh, I when I worked for the shop, I would talk to people that were coming by. Mm-hmm. So I'd be sitting laying on the table and people come by. I'm like, You got any questions about the shop? How can I help you? And I would just hold a conversation. So you're working at that at the tattoo shop too? Or you oh, I, no. I quit. Um oh, okay. Were you apprenticing or anything? No, oh, okay. no, I wasn't. Um, I loved it. I needed to have a grown-up job, I and you, I uh, because you. I was a contractor, so I had no health insurance, no benefits, nothing yeah. like that. Yeah, and it, it was just time to move on. I got yep. you. Yeah, yeah. You gotta to- as you get older, you got to have that insurance. I, I oh my to. gosh! And will it be such a racket? Yeah, though. D- didn't have any, so I desperately needed I them. Know, I got insurance, and my doctor still be sending me bills. So <laughs> they I don't, do. But I don't understand. I don't get it. Cost. I honestly don't get it. <laughs> this uh, past hospital visit, that's why I'm selling stuff because <laughs> I'm like I know it's going to hit, and we don't use our health insurance, so we. So I have to pay the deductible, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to kill us. You see, that's what's saving me right now is I burned through most of my deductible yeah. with like physical therapy and stuff for my shoulder. Tell yeah. me I what you it. think. It was delicious. Was it? Is it pumpkin flavored? Yes. Oh, I'm so yeah. excited. 
Um, but I was worried about the icing. No, like, I, I didn't it. know if I wanted, if that was too thick. Nope. No, or it's, no, it's perfect. Okay. Well, that's what I'll do then. It tastes almost exactly like what you would roll it up with, but they're cookie mm. forms. Mm-hmm. I like you it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like a pumpkin roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Yeah. I suck at rolls. Me? I don't, I don't, I tried once. It didn't work. I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to roll it mm-hmm. and it not crack? I can roll joints just fine, but I can't roll those pumpkins. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, the one thing I tell everybody is everybody's pain tolerance is completely different. And mm-hmm. just because something was painful on me, too, doesn't mean it's going to be painful on right. you. It's so um, very personalized, like the level of pain in different spots and how people take it. Yeah. So I was terrified for my ribs. And I just have my little booby. And um, he didn't hurt at all. I don't know if I could get to him because he's he's up like near my tit. Solid. He's a little bee, uh, bee with a little ghost cheat on him. What percentage would you say your body's tattooed? I don't even know. Um, I'm probably over 50%. The backs of my thighs are still empty. Um, about half of my back. I don't have anything on my ass or my stomach. <laughs> but that's, I, I think that would probably be, like, I've got a lot of coverage, especially visibly. Like, my arms are completely done from my knees down are completely done, even the tops of my feet. The fronts and sides of my thighs are done. Um, I have half of my chest and then a little one over here. So I forget how many tattoos I have. And like every once in a while, I'll wake up and I'll surprise myself. My daughter just got another one. She's going, she's going to be heavily covered. You know, whenever there's a threshold where where you cross it and you know, you're going to be covered. And like it, I swore I would never go on my arms. And then I swore I would never go on my forearms. And then I swore I'd never go on my hands. And like now I'm. It's like, weird that you were like bargaining with yourself the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <wild>. a little weird. <laughs> I really was because well, my mom didn't like them, and I didn't oh, want to upset her. And uh, it was yeah. one of those things that I still came from our generation. Like I'm old enough that we still came from the you're never gonna have a job generation if you're right. Tattoos. Yeah. Well, and no. like I work for a big company, they don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm probably not gonna go on the face, but I'm gonna get a head tattoo. I'm yeah. certainly gonna get the side of my head done. That's what I bonded with my mom over was like body modification. Which is funny because my mom had that ass tattoo. You thought think she would have been about it, True. but she was like, this is terrible. But then she started watching Ink Master and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say you're a very dedicated canvas. Yeah. <laughs> she started watching stuff like that and getting a little bit more about it. And she was actually talking about getting it covered up when she passed away. She, oh, she's like, well, any of your artists cover my ass? And I'm like, I can talk to them. Aww. <laughs> But then whenever she passed away, that's whenever me and my sister um, got the much tattoos from her ass on us. And we jokingly said we were going to put it on our ass, and we, we walked away from that. Damn. I, well, yeah. We put it on our wrists, so we have it on the same spot. So that way we could at least bond with, or in a way, but without having to show people our asses. <laughs> that's awesome, though. Yeah. <laughs> Although apparently it has a very lewd meaning, but nobody would ever cop up to exactly what it meant. But I think I can kind of... The acronym... For much, <laughs> is there an acronym for much? I don't know. No, Would I you think not make it's one? it's much with an exclamation point and a heart. I think she was talking Cute. about dick size. If I'm being completely honest, oh. much. Oh. I think that she was much. like like looking for much. Oh, interesting. I, yeah, because like my biological father at one point was like, you know what that means, don't you? And I'm like, no. And he laughed and he just walked away. And so oh. I'm like, mom, what does it mean? And she said, I don't want to tell you. Oh. So everybody kind of like hinted that it had a lewd meaning. That and your dad had a big dick. I God, I don't know. Was that what the, was that the point of that? <laughs> she wasn't with my father at the time she got it. Uh, that person, man, the been. dick that got away. Yeah, but like, like her dedication <laughs> to get drunk the on Moby. T- so the she didn't know she had it until she woke up the next morning. Her that husband would be the said, "Tattoo, I'd Jackie, get the what's that on you your know. ass? Oh no, yeah. the great uh, white whale. Oh, she didn't even the remember." G- Damn. My mom was a wild woman. For wow. just a couple of years, she just lived her best life. Damn. Tattoos on Yeah, my mom was heavily tatted. And yeah. I got my first tattoo with her, with her um, boyfriend who tatted me in his living room. And, oh, wow. Took him carry. Nikki, the one thing that I noticed. He had a pack of wolves in the backyard. Like, he legit did. Yeah, I don't doubt it. We, at all of this table in this room, we have all lost our mom. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, if you wanted yeah. to talk about anything like that, if you wanted to bond yeah, like well, that, I'm totally that open yeah, to it. The anniversary of my mom's is coming up October 15th. Yeah, my mom's been gone 15 years. Damn, word, word. Wow. Yeah. Um, 
Susie and I are super close. Susie was really there for me when um, that happened to me last year, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. That, it does, it already terrible, has it been a has it been a year to happen? Mm-hmm. What has it been a year? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was mm. uh, July 20th or something. But see, I forget mm. my my sense of time was so warped. Because yeah, that was only I can't six snag after the, my mom. the day. Yeah. yeah. Like, Damn. and I, it felt like it was so much longer after. But yeah, like we were same year. Oh really? Mom, my mom died January of 2020. Damn, I thought here's I thought wow. damn I thought, I thought I that too. was earlier. What day? Um, the 18th. Damn. Mine died January 6th. So whenever I hear the fucking words January 6th, oh no, oh my god, it just, what is that? That the the white the, the when the they storm the Capitol. Oh yeah. So my father oh. was his birthday was September 11th, so that's always what that's oh man to me. yeah. So, like, it's weird, though, those dates, like, you, you don't ever completely forget. And mm-hmm. it's weird because, like, the more people you lose, the more of the year gets kind of ruined. So, like, you're like, birthdays, anniversaries, death anniversary, mm, stuff like that. Yeah. Like, And I've tried to, like, turn them into positives. Like, that's a theme in my life because I think if I wallowed in the mm-hmm. muck that I would probably just live there. Yeah. But, were, like, were you with her when? No. Um, so uh, I had talked to her on the phone the night before. I called her every day on the way home from work. Mm-hmm. She had just moved out to West Knox so that she could be closer to us and because she lived out in the middle of nowhere. And she didn't sound right, but m- mom had some health problems here and there. So, like, yeah, I got to brace her, myself for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she, uh, she sounded like I had woken her up from a nap and we just talked for a little bit. And I told her I'd let her go back to sleep. And she said she loved me three times, which at the time, like, she always said she loved me, but I just thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. And it kind of, that kind of sticks with me still. So the next morning, I woke up to go to work, and I just had a bad feeling, and I tried calling her, because I'm like, I didn't hear back from her. She usually calls me again. And I kept calling her and calling her, and I got to work, and I kept calling and calling. And she wasn't answering, so my niece started calling, then my husband started calling. And finally, I was the only one who had a key to her apartment, so I got in the car and I went to go there. But my husband beat me there, and they had the peace officer go in, and they found her. Really? Oh, damn. So, like, we didn't we didn't know. And yeah. it's one of those things that uh, if she had lived out in the other house, we would have been the ones to find her. Mm-hmm. And it would have been a completely different situation. So I feel like fate kind of aligned to luck us out that we had somebody else that was able to go in and find her and I don't Mm. have to have that memory yeah yeah Yeah, for sure I was working nights the Christmas before why this sticks out to me Christmas she died in 2005 so Christmas of 2004 I remember I was still married um she was living like maybe four houses down from me we had moved her up here from Nashville and she lived here for about a year or so always found the the bad people though i get the people with the drugs man I always found the people with <laughs> the, the drugs crowd. yeah yeah <laughs> but i'm working nights and the christmas before i remember i was woke up that morning and all the kids had opened up their presents and everything and then i was just sick like sick and i had to stay in bed so my mom went with the kids and everything and my husband to have family christmas Little did I know, you know, afterward. And she was getting sicker and sicker. Um, yeah, sicker and sicker. Drank a lot. Was getting to where, like, she couldn't get her medication. So she would just start drinking, you know, to take away the pain. Because mm-hmm. there was nothing else that she could do. And I noticed that she wasn't eating very much and stuff. So I would go and check on her before I went to work at about, like, 8 o'clock. And then when I got back from work about five in the morning so one Thursday night um I hadn't talked to her and I had did not go that Thursday morning to check on her and I had not talked to her and I I think she was probably mad at me over something so I was like well I'll just wait and I'll go Thursday night you know got to her house as soon as my key hit the door I knew something was wrong what is that fucking feeling it, it's it's the so cat. real is that fucking feeling? she had a she had a black cat named sizzle and sizzle was just sizzle. meowing like crazy yeah. and i just said you know i said fuck you know went in it's a mess there mm-hmm. and i'm going through the door and i yeah we had a cell phone at the time and i don't want to go in the room i don't want to look and i definitely didn't want to touch her i didn't want to i didn't want it to be real you know, mm-hmm. but I knew she had 
she couldn't get up in the bed so she had made a pallet in the floor and it's really hard to think that that's how you know my mom died alone Mm -hmm. in a pallet in the floor Mm -hmm. but what's funny funny to me is my one of my friends happened to be the fire chief for knoxville and they lived right down the road and i called him and i said look i know this is the way it is i said but can you come check for me you know and just make sure he's like sure comes over we call the police and everything the police go okay if you can make put all of her medication on a table we had this round you know 60 inch kitchen table I swear to you, it was covered three-fourths full (laughs) of medication. I've got my friend who's come over, and she was a nurse, and she was like, okay, you keep this, and you keep this, and you keep this. Mm -hmm. Don't let them know you have this. Don't let the police know. But we couldn't do an autopsy because she was just, I don't think anything, I don't think they would touch her, to be Mm -hmm. completely honest. But yeah. Why not touch her? Because she was so sick. She had had a bypass surgery Uh when she was younger in the 70s and where they take part of your small intestine and she just never recovered Mm. from that damn yeah that's brutal yeah i didn't mean to bring y'all down no 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 no. i I had to get that out for some reason no no it's all good i think that we all understand that need like sometimes you just need to tell your story sometimes you can't talk about it and sometimes you have to yeah Yeah. because like there's clear things that i remember like you're talking about the police because i feel like ours were kind of in the same vein i don't know i feel really nostalgic since we've had my grandson Mm -hmm. and i'm like man my mom would really like to see that I think that's the hardest things is whenever you have like, I, I, and I even posted about it. One of the hardest things about being a performer is my mom never got to see it. Yeah. Uh, I think Jamie Lou would have loved to watch me perform. She would probably would have been my biggest cheerleader. hundred percent. Like that's the thing is like, uh, Susan, let's not cry. on <laughs> No, no. <laughs> it's, it's good though, because I think that that's a shared um, experience that we have. Mm-hmm. And I think that there there's, it's not something that's often talked about with grief is that there's sometimes almost a guilt that comes with joy as well. Mm -hmm. And that also that the joy does get almost tented by stuff like this. And it's not that you can't find happiness. It's sometimes the happiness makes the pain sharp too. And if you haven't gone through a loss like this, you don't understand. That's a really great way of saying it. Actually listening to y'all. I love you. Listening to y'all stories made me realize like, um, that I'm kind of lucky that my looking back I'm lucky that my brothers didn't have to be like see find her dead because that probably would have been what would have happened eventually um at least that's what doctors say but yeah I had to like my last conversation with my mother wasn't like super like it wasn't like I love you which I think is really sweet but I know that was kind of a moment of you knowing something was off too but um yeah, she just seemed like it was like she was like in a bad mood the night before. And then um, we tried to get her to the hospital, but she refused an ambulance. So we, you know, looking back, I think, you know, maybe she would have had a better chance had she not refused. And we like made her go to the doctor sooner. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, my mom died of sepsis, which I don't know if that's similar to what your mom would have died of. But um, yeah, my mom had Crohn's disease. And oh, she, man. Yeah. yeah. And basically, by the time she got to the hospital, like she wasn't like... Her eyes were open and she was breathing, hooked up to lots of um, respirators or whatever. But like, she was she was there, but she wasn't. You couldn't talk to her or anything like yeah. that. She did she know anything. that she had sepsis? Because that goes in quick. That goes quick. Yeah, I've read because well, we thought maybe my husband had had that too. Yeah. Um. Well, she's she had Crohn's disease for like ten years, you know, and um, off and on would have flare ups and then like lulls, you know. But sometimes her body would be so autoimmune, like it'd break out in any a, a handful of sicknesses. Um, sepsis would could be when it gets like the worst, but she might like, I don't know, she could so many different things could go wrong. But um, but yeah, I guess over time, the doctors kind of made it seem like um, like it wouldn't have mattered what time she would have got there that night. But truly, you know, she'd been suffering for so long. So it's it's kind of hard to understand how she would how long she sustained that. But I'd wanted to get an autopsy on her, but the fucking person I worked with at the time um, ended up cremating her body too soon. So yeah, 
that was a trauma like totally traumatizing but um they advised against cream uh an autopsy on my mom too oh, yeah. which i thought was really odd like they're like, you're not going to get anything that you're going to feel good about closure with this. Yeah, I mean, they were warning yeah. me the autopsy report was going to be like a really, um, like, invasive, t- very invasive and extremely traumatizing to look at. But, um, and it would be a long report. But I was also like, I need to know kind of what happened because I was seeing a lawyer about like malpractice and if like her doctors would have given her a certain amount of care if something would have been different. But that was just a dead end, basically. But, yeah. I am lucky looking back though that my brothers didn't have to deal with that. Like I was um basically in the driver's seat of like pull the plug or not, you know. So, yeah, brutal. Kind of like yeah. hearing that sound of hospitals now. I can't imagine going to one now um or getting a bed with COVID, but that sound of the the ventilator, you don't unhear that death rasp. No, you don't. You really don't. Cuz my dad, we had to pull him off life support. Yeah. That's and brutal. so you don't, you don't, and the smell of a hospital. Yeah, that of brings course. it back to me too. For a long time, Taco Bell, because that was the like, oh well, yeah, it was right next to the hospital, so we ate a lot of Taco Bell. Yikes! And I couldn't <laughs> eat Taco Bell without like right back there with my dad. Yeah, and, brutal. Like, but you see, that's the thing is that's a big decision to have to carry on your shoulders, and mm-hmm. your brothers were very lucky to have you. I think mm-hmm. so too, but it kind of comes with being there. the oldest sibling. No, sometimes the default you're like I really wish I would have been born a little bit later in the <laughs> lineup yeah I'm first daughter too so I I understand did you completely. have a funeral though did you like ended up did you ever end up touching her body when it was like cold oh uh, we did actually um the lady at the funeral home was really really nice we knew that we were going to have her cremated because we didn't have the money to, yeah, to do a funeral yeah and uh she had had some kind of life insurance policy that it was maybe a thousand dollars and that covered that and then mm-hmm. that covered like a service um that we did in nashville for her but she asked if we wanted to see her and we said yes and she goes well let me fix her up just a little bit and so she put a little bit of makeup on her uh, my mom <laughs> was a redhead as well and it when stopped dyeing her hair so it was like half white and then half red mm-hmm. And she, I knew that she didn't want to go out like that. She's like, if you, if I'm dead, you make sure that you dye my hair. But I mean, what are you going to do? But she just, we took pictures because <laughs> I have a picture of it just because, um, I may not remember that mm-hmm. when I get older, but having a picture will help me remember it. Yeah. But yeah, we saw her, kissed her goodbye and yeah. It's a very yeah. southern thing that I didn't know of, like people taking pictures in the caskets and things like that. Oh, uh, I've got I'm, all my grandparents. Yeah. yeah my, I, my I guess, mom. is that weird? Is that, <laughs> <laughs> oh, believe it or not, I it took it too far. Places, it's a very bad form. Yeah, and then it's very regional. I like asked the nurses if I could like have some of her hair, and they were like, let me go ask management. And I was like, okay. As soon no. as she turned away, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, bitch, that's, that's, right. that's my mom." Why right you should have just taken to start with. I don't even know why so you asked. No. I was just trying to, like, while she was working, I was like, "Don't nice. mind me," but you know, I'm gonna do something here. And that was just a few years ago for each of you, or last year. Um, mom, last year. mom was 2020. Dad was 2015. Damn. So. Um, I got ashes for both of them. I didn't get hair or anything, but I did have their ashes put on one of my tattoos. I want to do that. That's awesome. Yeah, that's it was cool. Very, it was very ritualistic, and it felt it was a good. Yeah, I took pictures of my mom's tattoos. You see, I love that. I had a picture of my mom's ass on my phone, which I kind of used for a reference because she wanted me to cover it. So mm-hmm. she was like, "Here's this." But mm-hmm. like, I mean, that's the thing is like, I think we all kind of find like our own ways to memorialize mom did not want a funeral and she told me she would haunt me if i did it and i believe her like she'd come for me she'd find a way so but at the same time we used to fight with her i'm like mom funerals are for the living they're not for the dead like it's for us to be able to say goodbye Mm -hmm. and so i'm still gonna try to do something for both of my parents because my dad's funeral was we were so traumatized i don't think we really got a chance to process it and then obviously after mom died Mm -hmm. we really didn't have anything to give at that point so I, I, at some point I'm going to do something just even if it's for me and my siblings. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. And then you, when you lost your mom, it would have been very hard to have a service. 
Oh, yeah. No. And then also just with the nature of my family and people were coming out of the woodworks. Now I wasn't going to fucking deal with that. No, no way. Death brings out the worst in people. It's gross. It's really gross. Yeah. You're, you're learning that right now. How death has brought out the I'm worst really in people. I'm really proud of my children yeah. right now. So that's a thing. But I know both of my parents passed. Um, my mom... The reason I'm here, actually, is because of the series of unfortunate events and my children getting to choose it. But my mom passed in 03. She was only 61. And it was single-cell carcinoma lung cancer from smoking cigarettes. That's what my dad died from, and he was 62. Damn. It mastitized in her spine, which was amazing. She had a lot of issues. My mom had a lot of problems, and she was cremated Uh talking about all of her stuff would be a whole nother show i was super close um and then my ex-husband caused a bit of a rift in the family and i chose my family not that family i chose my immediate family my children and my Mm ex-husband and then he ended up to yes he was the absolute person that they thought that he was but um so it messed up a lot of the dynamic. However, I still stayed close to my mom because it's your mama, you know, yeah. doesn't matter, uh, whatever. And so, um, but I was not there. I was in Florida when she passed and I had a sister that was with her. But I think actually it was good mm-hmm. because I was with my mom all the time, like both parents all the time. Our grand plan was to move up here and they had two pieces of property and we we're just going to move across the street and like commune it up <laughs> for real cool. that, that was awesome. the plan from florida and then um after my mom passed my dad uh uh had a car accident Damn. and then came uh ended up moving back to florida and living in a garage apartment that we had and that uh you know he was in assisted living up here and we stayed up here because it was like my mom died then we had to relocate here from a hurricane and then because we lost everything to hurricane ivan and then uh we had just got my dad to move down to help take care of him after my mom had died and that's when the hurricane happened so we had relocated up here and then i didn't really have anything to go back to down there yeah so um we stayed up here and i was with my ex-husband at the time and then the next year i had missed the part in the vows where we could date other people till we found somebody else we wanted to hang out with so Fabulous. you missed that conversation <laughs> i oh, okay. totally missed that <laughs> no, part and so he came in and he's like peace out i you know i Damn. like this chick better than you and oh. then i was like great so then i had a lot of people going hey you want to come to florida move back to florida which here's the stupid Yikes. kicker. There was like a two year period in between there and I was just taking care of my kids and my dad. My ex husband was working and he was like, No, no, just you know, take care of the kids and the dad. So I didn't check reciprocity laws. So I had been licensed in Florida over twenty years, but because I skipped two years before I immediately did reciprocity in the state of Tennessee you have to see five consecutive years of income tax returns in order to just transfer your license that would have been 50 bucks instead i had to pay three thousand dollars and i had to go back to beauty school for 300 hours it was very humbling but at the same time it was kind of funny because i was teaching classes i was already an instructor yeah for the company pravana and i still yeah because that's the state law Mm -hmm. so i mean that was fun and then um but I made all A's, so that wasn't <laughs> yeah. a thing. <laughs> that was kind of cool, like, cool. to be able to just kind of float and not really do anything. And they would do these. They'd have these, you have to do a formula or whatever, and it would be photos. I would look, and then I'd just be like... Oh, my God. <laughs> stick it in there. I and then they would look, and they would be like... <gasps> I didn't even think about so that. Your- and I said, well, do you want to break it down starting from... Are we gonna make the secondary color? Do right, you want to start your with primary? Love you or hate you? 
they, I think they thought I, I'm still friends with some oh, okay, of them on right. Facebook and stuff. So we'll ask them. Next yeah, time we they see them. So <laughs> she was like I a felt, know-it-all. I'm like, I felt like such an old lady. I felt like such an old lady. I mean, if they wanted to know something, no. But I learned stuff from them too. I mean, I, was about to I don't say, know everything. Yeah, you've, yeah, they keep me relevant. Come out all the time. Yes, and, but I had been, you know, except for that few years, I had still work so you know and now I've cycled around so much that Mm -hmm. literally I know everything before they do it like there are hairdressers here in town that I want to say that I worked with Mm -hmm. that I was like hey I want a haircut Mm 